0: The biggest thing is the ability to make an
1: impact. From that moment onwards, we moved from being a brand that advertised to a brand that communicated.
0: We collaborate with our clients and over time we try and get them to fire us. You must have to have really difficult conversations.
1: I want to see no office wall. I want to see everything covered in ideas. There's so much data available that you can kind of get dazzled by it. I have it. What the hell are you doing? (laughs)
0: Hello, my name is Katie Sando and welcome to the Marketing Forum podcast, where we persuade marketers, communicators, creatives and business people to share their knowledge with us. Helen Dunnett is a CRM consultant. She in particular works with the art sector and charities and she joins me to chat about how organisations and businesses should be approaching CRM. So things like how to avoid the classic errors, silos, over communicating, which is terrible or under communicating, which is also bad. The importance of managing stakeholders, why you shouldn't start with this system but instead with a strategy, etc., etc., etc. And we also talked to her about her experience of setting up as a consultant and um, her top tips around that. I really hope you enjoy. Hello, Helen. Thank you so much for joining me on the Marketing Forum podcast.
1: As a pleasure. I'm delighted. <laughs>
0: she doesn't sound it um and um, so uh Helen you are an expert in CRM
1: yes I would say so um I've become one for sure
0: tell me about how you got started then because you are now if I'm not mistaken a um, consultant around CRM that's right yeah you obviously didn't start there
1: No, no. I mean, my career started many, many moons ago. um, And I actually started out my career in publishing, in in music publishing. Um, And I did that for a bit and then realised that wasn't quite the thing. Um, And I moved into arts administration um and for a lot of years I worked in arts organizations um at, in marketing and communications um so I was heading that up ultimately um in in a number of different arts organizations um you know so orchestras I did I did work with for several orchestras um and two or three venues as well um and then about 2010 I kind of had enough of Organizations, um, and to be honest, you know, the sort of politics and the um, not always agreeing with the vision, um, and so I. Decided to take the break, uh, make the break, I should say, <laughs> and uh, become a consultant. Um, and I, I guess when I first started, I was doing market, some marketing, some marketing mentoring and stuff, and I still do a bit of that. Um, but I have very much gravitated towards um, working with people on their customer relationship management strategies and the systems that they might need to help them with that. Yeah. So when you were
0: working in organisations within marketing, so was um. Was CRM through that really quite a big part? So CRM was owned by marketing in the organisations you worked with?
1: Yeah, I'd say probably at the time I was working in organisations, people didn't really understand what CRM was. It wasn't really a thing. Um, so much. I mean, even though the, the the term was coined in 1995, I don't think people were really thinking about it in that way or really understanding it. It was more there was a marketing strategy, uh, and and there was potentially you know audience development strategy that went with that, Aww. and that's how people sort of considered it, and it tended to be a bit, bit sort of siloed, you know, a bit the the, the uh, marketing department's thing, and not seen as a sort of senior management thing which was important for the whole business um, and I was certainly when I was in organizations pushing against that and saying actually it's important that everybody thinks about this because the audiences are important to everybody.
0: so in terms of that from a strategy perspective what's what's your um, I guess what I want to understand is what's your view of the perfect way of using and developing that an organization I suppose thinks about it at, at different levels?
1: Yeah, I mean certainly when I've talked to organizations uh now I always start at that strategic level um and so we don't start talking about systems um because as far as I'm concerned the systems is just a means to an end you know it, it the strategy's got to be there it's got to be in place um and people have got to understand uh it's not just a marketing thing either that it it's actually across the business um and so I like to talk to people about so what are your overarching sort of business objectives and alongside that what are your customer relationship management objectives what are the things that as an organization you you want and want to deliver and want to sign up to
0: it's funny because i think that in uh, you almost never come across a business that loves their crm their crm is often like a thorn in the side but i yeah. also feel like you don't come across businesses that are using Often they're using like five. I'm an absolute classic for this with any tech. Um, I probably I could still probably get away with using a Nokia 3310. Because like <laughs> what I use tech for is like the minuscule bit, whereas like CRMs do so much, don't they?
1: Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think I think it's often because it is a bit siloed, so it's seen as either you know in arts organisations, it's sort of marketing's thing um, and box office if, if it's a venue um maybe development you know fundraising a bit um but it's not seen at the top level necessarily as you have to take ownership of of this because it's actually a strategic thing the system isn't just a a, a thing you know a thing in of itself it's to help you realize your strategy um and that's often where people, they don't, they start with the system and try to shove it in, in to make it fit. And then, of course, it maybe doesn't. and They don't like it and it doesn't deliver what they want. How that do you stop of, it being siloed then? Well, I think that's a massive, it's a, it's a massive challenge. And it's not just, it's big and small organisations. When I have those discovery conversations, they openly admit, most organisations, that things are siloed. Um, And I think in part that is because it's not always driven from the top. There isn't a kind of leadership sort of ownership of it. And so people's natural instinct is I'm doing fundraising, so I'm just focusing on that. And these people are just my contacts, Um, and actually they're not because you know, Mr. Jones, who, who you've got a, a £10,000 donation from, might also be uh, someone who, who attends lots of things and has done a workshop with you. Um, but that's, it's kind of not appreciated at that sort of strategic level. It's just people dealing with their own contacts.
0: So, in that instance, do you end up with people who are contacting, so Mr. Jones wouldn't be heard from in a performance marketing capacity? and would only be talked to about more money.
1: Oh, yes, that, or what quite often happens is over-communicating. So not having a sort of organisational communication strategy, but you know, marketing going, oh, we need to send out all these emails and Mr. Jones is one of them and fundraising going, oh, we've got this big appeal campaign. Mr. Jones gets that as well, possibly even on the same day.
0: (laughs) Okay, right. So this complete lack of coordination in terms of how people are being contacted.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: I do think CRM does often get kicked into marketing from a kind of please solve this problem perspective.
1: (laughs) Yes,
0: definitely. <laughs> um, so, I, I guess I really want to pick your brains then around. So, if if one of our dear listeners is in that position whereby, you know, CRM very much seems a marketing tool, potentially, you know, like you say, either also a sales tool or whatever, mm. um, how do you think they, that you really do have to try and develop an overarching strategy that you then get leadership to buy into?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah. And I think that um, if you're considering, you know, because often I'm, I'm, I come in when people are saying, well, the problem is oh, we just want to change our system. Um, and I very much try to reorient people to say, well, can we, can we have everyone involved? You know, can we have the CEO? Can we have everyone involved in this conversation? Because actually the initial discovery around this is not just about system and, mostly yeah most organizations that they take that on board and they do involve everybody Mm. at every level um uh some take more ownership than others um but uh yeah i i i I always try to kind of take that that tack with it and it it, yeah it's it's there's a responsibility there it's a shame that it falls on the marketing team to persuade the senior management team that that, that's something they need to consider but it does often it is often driven from from them
0: I was going to ask you if it's okay around like that conversation to get buy in with the CEO
1: yeah um, and you mean having that conversation as an as an as an external or you mean internally the team sort of needing to have that
0: both yeah how do you how do you like is there a particular like so if from a ceo perspective they're just thinking it's just the crm it's just a system how what what are what is the the language you might use or what is the what is the angle you might take to say yes okay it's just a system in itself but it underpins how you're reaching your audiences
1: yeah I mean it for if you know from my perspective I as I say I I I kind of work really hard with whoever my contact is to to encourage them to make sure that that senior team is 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 in that initial meeting and I I don't talk about the system element of it at all to start with and I kind of it's almost like a bit I suppose a bit (laughs) teachery so I kind of reinforce that you know it's a customer relationships management is about building relationships with your customers your visitors your audiences whoever those people are and that actually um We need to you need to tell me about what you're trying to achieve as a business and you need to engage with me at that level because, you know, getting a system um, in of itself is great. But if it's the wrong one, because we don't know why you're using it and what for. So I try to kind of engage with them about why it's not a good idea to just come in from a, you know, we just need a system to do stuff tack and to try and kind of talk more broadly about what what customer relationship management is um and and try to get the buy-in from from that perspective really
0: why do you think it's so important particularly for arts organizations
1: i think i i think it's important for all organizations really i mean it's it's perhaps a slightly different focus for for arts organizations but um i think probably because a lot of arts organizations are you know have very small, tight budgets, they have small staff teams, they're quite overstretched, and they need the, aside from the strategic thing about what it's achieving, they they need to have systems that are going to help them be fleet of foot to reduce their workload of doing lots of manual things where they've got spreadsheets and they're doing this and doing that passing information and try to reduce that so that they can you know be more be more strategic and and do more you know important things about connecting with audiences.
0: Mm, I guess as well they've got um, a lot of arts organizations are fundraising they are trying to sell performances Mm. they are potentially doing community outreach work as well and it's the fact that they their system probably does have to work really quite hard across like you say multiple strands
1: yeah it's got yeah exactly There, there are those multiple functions and if and more you know with the fact that arts organizations are having to be quite you know quite commercial, really, mm-hmm. far more than they might have been, even if they're charities. Um, because uh, you know, grant funding is not cutting it, <laughs> so they're kind of trying to bring, like you say, fundraising into that system, marketing and ticketing into that system, mm-hmm. CRM, you know, obviously at the center, um, but also retail, um, in some instances, right. and um. A cafe type you know if there is a venue then bringing bringing those things in and more and more arts organizations don't want want to know more about their audiences and what they're actually doing so they don't want their cafe or their shop disconnected because they can't tell then whether members are spending a lot in the shop or whether they could do more more kind of packaging products and things together and so they're kind of trying to be more thoughtful about that. Is that
0: generally when you're working with clients the biggest opportunity that you see
1: for them? Yeah absolutely I mean they've probably to a certain extent identified some of these things themselves but I think that they they're not always sure that they can join those things together Um, And I think a big opportunity for them is to think more about their data. Often that's not totally thought through, Um, what they're collecting, why they're collecting it, whether it's, you know, it conforms with uh, data protection. There's lots of that. And and then there are a lot of issues that arise around um, just really bad processes, um, really kind of. Uh, manual, unstreamlined, duplicated processes, and they they can then suddenly see actually we could sort these out. We could sort some of these things out.
0: God, do you find yourself being called in to help with a system, and then end up having to go through process, having to go through strategy, and it turns into a monster?
1: Yeah, and I and I actually you know sometimes I have I have clients who say oh we just need we just need a new system and I think they think oh if I if I get a new system it'll all be solved it'll all be and and quite often I mean I may well be doing myself out of work but quite often it it's more a review of the system they've got um because I think many don't consider what a massive change project it is and also a massive investment um and it's not just a case of, well, we'll switch that off and just switch something else on. Um, And so I I quite often say, well, you know, maybe this is more of a review about the system you've got and whether it really doesn't fulfill your needs. Um, And that's when it often throws up those things about siloed teams and poor internal processes and all of those sorts of things
0: it's a very helpful lens isn't it to actually not just reviewing the system but actually reviewing the entire coherence between communications between those different audience groups and their needs
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah
0: yeah people probably just think I can just imagine like the CEO being like oh let's guys let's sort out our CRM this year and then not realising that actually what he's doing <laughs> is, is unleashing a beast upon the world. Indeed. I've just, just assumed he for CEO. Do you see how I did that? Yes, yes. He or she. <laughs> exactly. Or they. How awful. Yes. and That was really, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so I suppose I just would like to pick your brains further mm-hmm. around how people could do this. So obviously in many ways, I think actually working with an external partner would be incredibly helpful because it helps create that distance as well, doesn't it, between
1: what yes. any one
0: siloed group of people thinks.
1: Yes. And I think that's why I always, I never launch straight into, right, let's do a, let's do a functionality specification and write down all the things that we want the system to do. Um, because it, it, it's it's just we're such a you know for the reasons I've said before about the strategic yeah. focus, but I think that um, I like to have a period of discovery that's that's you know beyond that initial you know high level meeting, detailed meetings with teams, um, and lots of massively valuable information comes out from those, um, and and it makes people really start to think about. Oh, it's not just you know we're, we're we're going to do a few kind of demos of systems and away we go. Um, it does bring up all kinds of other things about mm. what what they might want to do.
0: Do you get involved in that as well then? So if you realise that there's issues with maybe like even how they're communicating, or is that some you okay? You,
1: Sometimes, you. yes. Uh, I did a um a big project with Shakespeare's Globe. And I did their help them do their procurement of their system, et cetera. And then we, I think that they thought, oh, we'll just help get Helen to help us implement the system. And then they kind of thought, oh, well, maybe that's not the best use of use of her expertise. So they got somebody else in, because it was more just project management, really. Um, and they said, we, What we'd really like you to do, because it was the year that GDPR came in. Oh, I <laughs> they remember got, that
0: year. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: they got me to help them. We created a Uh, a data policy for the organization and that was a big piece of work and we did a you know data impact protection assessment DPIA I think yeah they're called and we did all of that um, kind of work and so it was a slight kind of divergence from what they'd originally thought they were going to use me for in that phase of the project.
0: Oh that's so interesting so and and presumably you do see massive impact for organizations on so I'm guessing outputs of where this goes well is yeah okay they get a new system but actually they also start to see improvements particularly in fundraising presumably
1: yeah i mean i think the one, the thing that you said before that that sort of communications thing cuz you know that that's really important across it you know but for fundraising as well um you know about about what the plan is and who they're contacting and why and how they're segmenting their audience and all of that
0: yeah do you still come across businesses that don't even have a crm
1: i'm trying to think yeah yes yeah i I have come across very small organizations probably who who just kind of operated a bit on spreadsheets and google sheets and things Mm. yes i do i do
0: because even when you start talking about how it's siloed and stuff i think about how um For example, things like contacts for a business's contacts for things like events or politically stakeholder management. I often see that not included at all. Like that Mm. will be in a in a CEO or in their in their mind. Um, Yes. I used to have a a chief exec (laughs) who every time we did an event, it would take about three weeks to try and mine them for who should come
1: (laughs) because it wasn't anywhere. No, that's come up. Actually, it's interesting you say that. That's come up twice in in two projects I'm working with at the moment about that. And a kind of, because we've been having these discovery sessions, a light bulb, well, we have all these other contacts. And now I think about it, they're either, like you say, in the CEO's head or or, or, or in somebody's email or or wherever. Um, And it's a nightmare. Um, And I think, there's a realization that the reason for that is because there's no person who's sort of taking Mm. responsibility for it in in updating, managing and dealing with those contacts. They sort of fall out of the natural, oh, these are my fundraising contacts. These are my marketing contacts. And actually they're just as important. They begin, begin to see. And so I've had both those organizations thinking, well, is there another way that we should be dealing with this?
0: Yeah, because I think stakeholder management for, for all businesses is becoming increasingly important. Like it used to be that you could innocently operate within the private sector and go about your business. But if you're serious about growth and development, you do need to engage with potentially the public sector, potentially with political stakeholders or whatever it may be. It's no longer just a case of you, you can no longer think thrive with just a client base audience I don't think
1: no absolutely not and with arts organizations perhaps even more because the funding mm. is so important and they need to be connected to those um influencers and people who might donate and mm. so forth um so yeah and I think that there's maybe a thing about oh I don't want these contacts on my CRM because some, some people who shouldn't see them might see them. They're going um, to steal my contacts. Or, you know, or they might delete it or they might contact them when I don't want them to. I know there was a big thing when I worked for a theatre company where they were saying, we don't want the actors on there because, you know, they're actors and, and, and we don't want them just being mailed about a show. And it's like, but they're not just actors. They may well have come to some of your shows. You, you, mm. it, it, and I think when there's a bit more of an understanding about actually particularly from fundraising you can um limit the access to certain aspects of a system and a record so you can not show that someone's given you a million quid um but you can show that they're a donor um to the people who need to see that so that they know they're important person and that when they come to the venue they need to be kind of looked after okay (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly um so I think a bit more of that understanding filters through well actually you can do that you can bring all those contacts together they don't need to sit with the chief executive it's just about how you manage them and 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 who you uh, um what access you give in within the system um, it's
0: humanizing people as well isn't it I, yeah. I I do see this a lot with businesses where um it's like oh you know why would businesses be interested in this and you think okay, businesses might not, but businesses are populated by people with families Mm. and children and partners, and they are interested as human beings. Um, It's like you say with the actors, it's like, well, you know, that might be their occupation, Mm. but they they probably have a life outside of it. Yeah.
1: And they might have kids who want to come to a family thing at at the theatre where they, you know, that's, they do their shows. And, and, why wouldn't they want to be contacted mm. about that just because they're actors? Yeah, Exactly.
0: <laughs> Sorry, exactly. you can't come to this due to your yes. occupation. Mm. Yes. Thank I was you. just going to ask you as well about personalisation. Mm. So, you know, something that uh, particularly, obviously, with a, in the marketing world, we, we see a huge amount of um, move towards the need to be much more personalised with how we communicate, when, about what, etc. cetera. Uh, is that something that arts organisations and your, the work that you're doing is is coming up now with the, in those kind of discovery conversations?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, when you, when you when they say what do we what what are the things we want from a system personalisation is a thing, ability to segment the data um, really well and to uh, tag it uh, really well so that they they know more things about people and they can pull different segments for different reasons. Absolutely. Yeah, are you
0: seeing then the CRMs as well, uh, or you know, or have they already massively made strides in developing that? Because in one of the conversations, particularly, I think, with SME businesses around mar- in, in the, from a marketing angle, is it's, we all know that we need to personalize. It's actually very difficult to do. It can be quite expensive, mm. but presumably that will improve as CRMs just it becomes a bit more sort of u- ubiquitous.
1: Yeah. And and I think, I mean, in the arts world, there are, there are, there've been a number of um, companies that have developed sort of segmentation systems. um, And, and they are seeing that connecting with the system, the ticketing or CRM system to, to be able to associate a segment types against a a particular person's record is really important and so there's lots there is work on on that basis yeah for sure in the arts Um, and there's a big program that's kind of linked to the arts council called audience finder um, which again it hooks into people's systems and it can pull out the data um, and provide them with quite a bit of insight and you know some profiling around the type of customers they are where they live oh, really? and so forth yeah do a lot of crms do profiling uh, you've got to be a bit careful about it because of gdpr <laughs> i know also people are getting way more funny about being profiled yeah what what they tend to do i mean the there's the, a the system that that I, I kind of work quite closely with the company that that created it, which is about psychographic um, segmentation. Um, and they've they've created they've done a lot of research in the market about people's um, approach and and reaction to communications and what they like and what they don't like and so forth. And they've created these segments. Um, and the way that they well, I suppose profile them, if you like, is that customers get asked three what they call golden questions, which which they've obviously researched about how they can then attach this. And then it attaches a certain segment type, which means that the person has has is more of that type. That's not saying that they're not within any other, but you know what segmentation is like you you can categorize people but it has its limits. Um, and so you know, there'll be like culture finds. I can't remember the names of them now, but um, you know, they've right, got particular yeah. names. Um, and then that the the if the database is linked with those questions, then that that code gets associated to them. Um, and when people are doing communications, they can say can I find all my experience seekers um, on the database? Because I know if I write to them with this tone of voice, with this kind of language, they're more likely to respond um, Mm. uh, to what I'm saying, to my messaging, rather than just a broadcast, same same tone, same thing message to everybody.
0: Yeah. That'd be the dream. Mm. Um, Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know what the questions are now. You probably can't
1: tell me. I can't. I could probably. I should, probably shouldn't tell you. No, no. I was going <laughs> to say trade secret. I know,
0: right? Exactly. Although they've got a huge amount of backup of uh, research, no doubt, and psychology to uh, to use. Yeah. Um. So once you get past the strategic piece, the CRM system itself is that literally just a question of saying what's our wish list, what's our budget, and let's find somewhere in the
1: middle. Yeah, it's kind of. Um. We do when, when we've done that sort of discovery, then I do tend to then hone down on, right, let's create a functional specification of requirements. And let's look at what is absolutely essential that you have to have, what's a sort of more desirable element and what are things that are quite useful, but you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a deal breaker if they weren't in the system. And we kind of do that and build a specification. Um, And then I have a little tool or that I can match to suppliers most suppliers um and the ones that are not within that system I I tend to know about anyway and can kind of make suggestions so we then come up with a kind of long list of these are the potential suppliers that sort of match your requirements um so it kind of works like that really and people have a little bit of a demo and then people will have a demo yeah or they'll or they'll we'll kind of have a discussion about co- like you say costs so i've got a pretty good idea of which systems are higher cost or might be higher cost medium cost lower cost mm. and then and then we kind of have a demo on that basis yeah
0: have you seen that mailchimp's kind of developed a bit of a crm arm haven't really kind of um
1: They're investigated awful. that much no um most of the people that i work with tend to uh get their crm ticketing system and then they uh most of those systems will have a integration with maybe mailchimp or campaign monitor or one of the other ones um and they'll they'll work on an integration so that the data always sits in the main system mm. and it's an export to mailchimp do yeah. your nice newsletter and it writes back the unsubscribes etc etc it tends to work like like that
0: I only, I can't remember what I was looking at the other day and I just remember, I saw that MailChimp had started developing much more kind of CRM. They were kind of a, trying to become more of a, not, I suppose it'd never be very difficult for them to become an all-in-one marketing tool, but much more mm. of a kind of full service marketing tool. Yeah. And um, I was just uh, just interested in whether or not you'd seen it. I, um, I've i seen people try to use MailChimp as a kind of CRM before and it doesn't really work. No. Um, because
1: no it doesn't they it don't really doesn't. Really,
0: no they don't have the segmentation like side of it and you
1: don't have the insights and you can't attach this you know for people who's selling it's hard to attach the sales and you want to see uh you know who's bought, bought what when uh what else did they do not just whether they responded to the communications but all of those kind of other parts of their engagement. Are you a total de- uh,
0: geek around the analytics of this stuff?
1: Oh, yeah, I, c- I could seriously be, yeah. But what I always counsel people is don't go down a rabbit hole of <laughs> data. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this could be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, it can be a bit of a, you know, I'm just finding things out for the sake of finding them out because I can. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> I, I, I c- Yeah, I have a tendency because I do like to, I love all that, so yeah. <laughs> Oh, Helen, you geek. I know. <laughs> Terrible.
0: <laughs> oh, so the only other thing I was going to sort of ask you as well is around with um if you're a tiny like if you're a tiny business, like a one-man band or you know, sole trader, I guess. Mm. How would you I mean obviously it's not cost. Do you think that CRMs are essential, really, even when you're that small? Or if not essential, do you really think that they should you should start trying to start collecting up some of that stuff?
1: I think it's it is a matter of scale, I think, a bit. I mean, I I I'm a sole trader. I don't have a CRM because my clients are are I don't have thousands of them. I have a smaller number. And that makes and that works for me <laughs> yeah. Um, because of the ratio of what I do. But I guess if you're selling thousands to thousands of people, then that becomes more a management issue. Mm. I can manage with a, a very good email solution um, where that's where my mailing list sits um, and, it, and it's got plenty of automation function, function on it. Um, Mm. so I think it's that sort of scalable thing you might get to a certain point where you think I can't manage all my contacts just on my email solution and I can't gain any insight particularly if you're selling products as well yeah
0: exactly Um, you need to understand habits not just yeah behavior I suppose
1: yeah it's very easy for me to track my clients and what they did with me because I don't it's not vast numbers yeah yeah. yeah I know what you mean so I think that's the measure really
0: and um on the the only other thing I was gonna ask you I said that last time um I'm interested in your kind of from a consultant's perspective I suppose if there's anybody listening that wants to become a consultant or wants to understand kind of more of what it's like what's been your journey around it
1: yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I think, I mean, I'll I'm, I'm probably think about it in terms of lessons I've learned, because I think that, you know, I've, there's things I've met, mistakes I've made. Um, and I think that uh, one of them was um, not not really seeing that being visible was, was in, as important as it is um and for a few years when I first started I relied on I was quite well known in the industry and so I relied perhaps over relied on contacts and referrals and you know that's a good thing to have to, to do but I think not on not on its own um and I think the really big thing was not appreciating what it's like to be suddenly on your own and right. without a support network without you know having a chat with your colleague um you know down the corridor um you know without networking in a in a you know with like-minded people and I kind of didn't appreciate that and didn't really do that and then felt very isolated okay. um so I I think those are things to be really aware of um and also I think um sort of uh, not investing in, in or, or not seeing investment in the business as being as important as it is either. Uh,
0: that was my other question is what, what were your experience around how you find the balance between, you know, building new work but also doing the work? Because I think that's the hardest, the hardest thing when you're a small business or sole trader is you can't ignore the work you've got because otherwise you can't pay your bills And you'll really annoy the people that you've got. But also, you know that you need to keep building. How do you manage that balance?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I hear so many of my other consultants colleagues saying the similar thing because it is, if you are a sole trader it's really hard because you you know you're the person you're the person delivering and uh, as you say you're kind of focusing and then you d- but you don't want to be in a position where you think, oh I'm, I haven't got any work now because I was yeah. so so busy doing this particular contract or whatever so I, I don't know that there's a perfect answer to that no. but but I think that the fact that I've engaged some help in the last sort of 18 months uh, has has made that a bit easier because, you know, I was finding that I wasn't tracking when inquiries were coming in very well. Um, And I was kind of letting those slip um, and then thinking, oh, my gosh, I haven't responded to that person. And so having that person to help me track that, keep that on track, follow those people up, um, you know, chase them or whatever, write the proposals um, has been That's been a massive help.
0: Mm. Do you want to grow or are you happy being a consultant or do you want to develop a team?
1: I'd like to grow. I... Um still considering whether i actually i think at the moment i don't really want to employ people yeah. so that I'm employing them and paying their pay a y e and all of that don't think I want to do that just now, but what I have been doing is developing um trying to develop some associates sure yeah so I've got one associate consultant that I've worked with a few times, and I'm potentially looking for somebody else to work with um, Uh, on the sort of more the project management of implementing systems um, Mm. as well. So definitely looking at that sort of model.
0: It's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's so like um, there's so many benefits to consulting and freelancing. I think you learn more quickly because you're moving from, you're, you're moving between businesses and projects more quickly, which means you're starting to get an understanding more quickly of, Business, commercial strategy, operations, mm. people, teams—I think that stuff's all great. But as you say, then there, there is there are huge challenges as well. Mm. Um, to and you know it, it's interesting isolation, and you know it does depend on your character, doesn't it? And what you yeah.
1: what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite good at just being you know on my own and getting yeah. on on with it. <laughs> but I did start to really feel that and 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 I've done something about it and it's been massively helpful yeah so I think
0: there's the the quotes that you see around um who you surround yourself with in terms of making a difference to um what you get and what you're doing I I really do think that's true I think you do need to surround yourself with people that help you get to where you you know you can't you you need to be around great people to be great great deliverer don't you
1: yeah absolutely yeah and that's yeah i'm seeing the benefits of that you know of, of doing that and that's probably in the last four or five years um that i've kind of tried to to change to change that yeah yeah
0: it takes its time doesn't it
1: it does yeah it sure does it <laughs> doesn't happen overnight that's no. for sure <laughs> and
0: that's the, that's i think the depressing bit sometimes as well when you're like this is what i want to do and you know what you want to do and then you just think like six months has gone why hasn't it happened yet <laughs> but it doesn't it takes its time and a lot of successful businesses so even if they've been going 10 years in a way they're still babies
1: mm. yeah um, i think it's that it, it, i don't know who said it but it is the sort of incremental steps um i think it's just really important to to not dismiss something oh i still haven't achieved this thing uh, it's just to think well but have i made some steps
0: yeah the progress
1: uh, towards it mm. yeah um Thank you so much for sharing your
0: knowledge with us, Helen.
1: It's an absolute pleasure.
0: Both from a CRM mm. perspective, and I feel like I slightly interrogated you around CRMs, um, but um, <laughs> really useful, really interesting. If um, if businesses are interested in working with you, mm. are you you're not just arts organisations, are you?
1: No, I, I I guess I'm probably more focused around uh, the charity sector so you know that that kind of a business but i have worked with with charities outside so i I did a project with trees for life um which is a charity and not an arts charity so but 10 tends to be more the sort of not-for-profit kind of um end of things i would say
0: cool sure okay thank you so much we
1: really appreciate it and i'm delighted delighted
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode of the marketing forum podcast if you are not already please do like and subscribe and you can follow us on social media or subscribe to our mailing list to find out more about episodes coming your way soon